To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored. How to start? What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Welcome to the first syllable. A couple things I want to do today. One, I mean, in case you happen to have found this show and don't listen to my other stuff, I should let you know who I am. My name is Robert E.G. Black. You can find my links to stuff at lemmingdrops.com. I am a college teacher. I am a podcaster. Most of my podcasts, well, I'd say all my podcasts that actually went anywhere are movies by minutes things, where you spend an episode of your podcast talking about a minute of the film. I've also done some five-minute variation, four-minute variation. I have a bunch of those shows. I didn't want to open any notes. I'm not going to open my website now either to double-check, but I have done Michael Byers' minute looking at the original Halloween. I have done Annihilation minute looking at Annihilation. The Room minute looking at The Room. Mandy Sucks minute looking at the movie Mandy. Cock and Bull minute, which did not look at the movie Tristram Shandy. Pump up the minute. Looked at Pump Up the Volume. Talked a lot about music and politics. Five-minute Arrival. Looking at Arrival. Dave made a minute, which was me and lots of other hosts, because I gave random minutes of the movie to other people without telling them what movie it was. That was the movie Dave made a maze. Two minutes about time. We covered about time in two-minute segments. Probably still forgetting something, but currently I have running three of those. Minutia Ex Machina, The Groundhog Day Project, Minute by Minute, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. Looking at, respectively, Ex Machina, Groundhog Day, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those three are my existential trilogy, as it were. They're running at the same time, one minute a week, with crossover guest doing all three. I was trying to get a D&D podcast going as well of my D&D campaign I'm running, but we've had some recording issues, and then now summer is over, and I'm not sure when I can try to figure out how to fix it. That campaign's still going. That'll be linked on the website once it exists, obviously. I had a couple podcasts that didn't go anywhere, including Twin Peaks Radio. I like Twin Peaks. That lasted 20-something episodes, I forget. I tried to do an episode-by-episode Wonderfalls show called Greetings from Wonderfalls, but we had some recording, like bad recording problem where we lost our audio on the second episode, and then the pandemic started, and it just hit at a bad time to try to fix it, and it lost the momentum, and it went away. It happens sometimes. Something I don't want to happen here. Because of how I'm approaching the screenplay, it's taking a lot of more prep time than I would probably put into writing something, usually. I've written most of this unpublished. Several novels, I think it's 15. Six, I think it is, screenplays. 
few dozen short stories, some poems. I've had some scholarly work published when I went back to college and grad school as an adult. But my special interest has been movies since I was a kid, so that's where I keep coming back to. And since doing the Groundhog Day Project blog, groundhogdayproject.com, I watched Groundhog Day every day for a year, and I kind of, time loops became my new special interest, like sub-interest. Currently, my list of time loops on IMDb, so that's counting TV episodes, movies, video games, is it 267, I believe, as of yesterday? The thing I'm doing right now is trying to rewatch as many of those as I can. Most of those I'd already seen, but I'm trying to rewatch them and I'm taking notes because, as I've said in previous episodes of this, I wanted to reference as many of those things as possible. And I don't mean direct references, I mean stealing lines of dialogue, names of characters stealing, scene setups. And so it's taken a while to put together the notes. Because, you know, you can't just watch all of those at a time. I got other stuff I gotta do. So the other thing I wanted to do today is describe to you, essentially, I'm gonna say the plot as I see it. The story is a lot more. There's a lot of subplots, a lot of different character things going in and out, but here we go. Our lead, Connor, is in a time loop. He wakes up, I don't remember the exact time of my notes, nine something in the morning, that he wakes up every day. And he is back in his hometown, or maybe he never left, I'm not sure. But his friends are back in that hometown for a high school reunion. Not that they're particularly excited about the reunion, but these four friends are taking it as an opportunity to hang out together because they used to be like best friends back in high school where they were all, the one thing they had in common was drama. And two of them went off to New York to make a living in it with different success. That was Dez and T. And then the fourth of our group is Ro, and she actually ended up living outside Seattle, living kind of on a semi-commune, I don't know the details yet, but She's basically a food scientist, food grower, a little bit of a hippie. Dez is married, probably has a kid. That was a recent addition to the story. And his marriage is not currently going well, although he doesn't admit that up front. He says that his wife didn't come in town for the reunion with him because she was busy with work. The thing is, the loop. At first, this isn't the order of the story, this is the order of events. I know how long the loop lasts, because the loop ends at midnight every night. And the loop, unbeknownst to Connor early in his story, starts at midnight. Problem is, he's waking up at 9-something in the morning. The other thing about the loop, every day it's a minute shorter. But for a good while, he doesn't know that. Because until it catches up to starting at 9-something a.m., he thinks it's just a loop that lasts all day. Ends at midnight, whatever. But then it starts to go shorter. So... His experience in that early part is basically what you'd expect in any time loop. He has his adolescent period where he tries crazy stuff, he tries some good deeds, tries to take advantage of the situation, but he never goes too far because he expects this is your classic Connors loop. He's got to improve his life and do good to get out of it. This is modern times. He can watch all these time loop things and study and consider. The other aspect of the loop, since it's getting shorter, I forget the exact numbers, but essentially he's got about four years worth of days. But those days are getting shorter. The last one will literally be a minute long. That makes the writing having to be very precise, because I have to know when he jumps back, what was he in the middle of, what was happening at that time. I can figure a lot of that out as I go, but once I figure it out, I have to keep it in my notes and keep track. I know that early in the experience, he figures out that if someone is with him at midnight, they also go into the loop. And I don't know for sure who the first person to go in is. It might be Cass, 
our fifth character, who is sort of like the love interest of the... There may be some subtitle sections of the movie where it's like, this is the romantic comedy portion of the film, and that's him pursuing this woman, Cass, Cassandra. The problem is, every night, I believe it is at 9.08pm, that's a reference to a specific time loop thing, she dies. She gets hit by a car and dies. And early on, of course, he's going to try to fix that. With some success, middling success, maybe she gets into the loop and they're able to avoid it for a little while. But for whatever reason, the thing he doesn't know is that if someone then isn't around him at midnight, they pop back out of the loop, and they don't remember having been in it. And I've talked about the opening scene already. The opening scene is well into the loop. It is him talking to Cassandra at the all-night cafe. They're outside on the patio, having a nice conversation. It's like their first date. And then he gets up to leave the table, and a car hits, crashes into the patio. She's killed, and that might be the start of a different part of the story for him, in his order. The order of the story I'm telling, that's the hard part to figure out, because I have to know certain events when they happen for him, so I can be like, when will he tell us about this? The opening is, he's already well into the loop, and he's realized he can't really save her, because every time he tries, something else goes wrong, and, well, he gets tired of watching her die, so he starts spending more time with his friends, and I know relatively early in the loop, maybe the second quarter, he brings Dez into it. They used to be best friends. They've known each other since they were kids. So even before high school, they were friends. But Dez is going through some shit. And when he gets into the loop, he kind of snaps. And if you've seen Repeaters, it's like the character of Michael in that, where he's like, I can do whatever I want. None of these people will remember. And he starts doing worse and worse things. I don't want it to get too horrible because I do want him to be redeemable enough to be present for the end of the story. But I want him to be significantly worse than Connor. And then Connor, knowing now that he can let someone out of the loop, will remove Dez from the loop. Dez will forget that he was ever in it until that comes up later. I know that Connor's friend T, she believes him whenever he says he's in a loop. She's like, okay, what do we want to do with it? And she joins in even before she's in the loop herself. Roe is a little more standoffish, particularly because she's dealing with some of the people that they knew from high school, that there were some bad things that happened back in high school, particularly with the character Nathan, who was her boyfriend for a time, who is now engaged. They're all happy, and they're the popular couple for the reunion. The reunion does not happen during our story, though. It's tomorrow, so we will not see it, because I don't want the atmosphere of the party, because that makes it feel more like a romantic story. Classic romance ends with the wedding. Even Groundhog Day ends with a banquet, and originally was going to involve a wedding as well. They go to a karaoke place, I know that's part of the story, and that's probably when he's avoiding going to Cassandra, until he figures out part of the thing with the loops is if he does something right on the cusp, like right at that moment before it's going to switch to the new day's minute, so he has to plan for this, he can make sure that change is permanent. So at a certain point, he realizes he can go back and try to save Cassandra. He just has to wait until he's at the loop that starts at 9.07, 9.08. Because then he'll be able to save her. There's a lot of crazy things he can do that I've taken from other stuff. Versions of different lines about like proving to someone you're in a loop where you're saying the exact same dialogue they are and all that stuff. It's funny. But this isn't a comedy. This is an existential treatise about the end of life, about death, about the end of the world, perhaps. Because when the day starts shrinking... Connor is convinced that's what's happening, that like 12.01 p.m., the Richard Lupoff story, and the short film starring Kurtwood Smith, that time is broken, and it's bouncing, it's shrinking, 
And when the loop hits that last minute, when it hits midnight, it's done. By the end, he's convinced there is not a tomorrow, and there's a limit of today's. But also by the end, he's brought his three friends and possibly Cassandra into the loop. And so I know what the last scene is, and it is the four or five of them sitting together. And because they're with him at midnight, they're in the loop. And so they get to see the looping action around them, sitting there at that table and talking. I had a thought yesterday, I haven't put this in my notes yet, that maybe they're sitting somewhere wherever the karaoke place is, and they decide that this is a little bleak, just to end on a maybe nice note, because I thought it would be funny. The, the earlier version was, he knows exactly when it's one minute. He knows when it's looped, and he's got that one minute, and everything's really quiet and sedate, and they're not sure what to say. And I did have a punchline for the very end, but I won't spoil that now. It wasn't that the loop goes into tomorrow or continues. It's just something someone says that it's way too late. But now I thought it'd be funny if instead, or not funny, but like funny in a sad way, they went back to the karaoke place and they just, to waste away the last time, they just start singing some songs. They're having a good time, having a drunken sing-along. But then the song would switch because of the loop and they keep singing the same part of the song over and over again and then gets to that last minute and maybe we see on Connor's face that he notices. Maybe even he's lost in the reverie. But as they're singing and having a good time, cut to black. Cut. We, uh... It's a past stuff that dreams are made of. You're still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over? It's over! Nothing is over! Go home. Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Go. 